Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, and my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, hello, pose the questions that need to be asked. And in these times, we are talking about everything from. Well, you get you you guess <laughs> you get. I mean, this people... might be the one time that no one needs to ask <laughs> Howard what we're talking about. It's fucking every. I mean, it, it's literally the only news story, and 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 it's meant yeah. and it's meant that the episodes of our podcast that we were going to record, we couldn't record them. Yeah, it's uh, it's had a real effect on us, and uh, you know, I think initially we have always had prior experience to seeing like uh, outbreaks and epidemics of viruses take their hold in developing countries, and we've been relatively immune from that here in G14 countries or in the developed world. But now we are dealing with a global pandemic, which is definitely not playing down, and yeah, it's affecting us on a small level whereby there is no mass gatherings or public gatherings of large people. And if you're a live performer such as myself, not really a good look. It's fucked. Uh, it, it, I mean, in, in, in a it's bottom fucked. line, it's absolutely fucked. The number one... Um, it's not just about income as well. I know it's, it, income plays a part of it, but it's also just what you do with your life, you know? It's it, it, you and, and, and so many comedians and performers. It, well, not just comedians. But anyone that's in this, was, I guess, has emerged over the last five years or so is the gig economy, whether it's being live performances or it's maybe uh, working in office spaces uh, where you're sharing office spaces for like an SME hmm. where when you're working out of your laptop or in small industrial buildings uh, where we like record podcasts or even like members clubs and a lot of places which involve gig economies and people doing work every now and again that in in the automated world still requires some physical presence. Yeah. Having that removed now makes things very difficult for everybody. And, and, I mean, it's worth flagging to the listeners at home who, listen, thank you. We hope you, you know, enjoy what you're going to hear today. It's not going to be the normal thing because me and Dane uh, are in different places. Dane's in West London um, and I'm at home in in, in Hertfordshire. And um, we're, we're being able to speak through the magic of the recording devices that allow me to record our phone. Um, so that's why Dane's uh, audio will sound a little bit different to mine, but we'll do our best to make that sound good to your ears. Um, but it's it's weird to not yeah. be with I've got, you. I've got you, a though. weird phone voice. People are learning stuff. But um, <laughs> I think you yeah. sound like you, oh, yeah. Dane. You sound like you. Uh, you know. Okay. Well, I'm glad. If I didn't sound like me, then I think <laughs> would be particularly concerned. So fair point. Point of principle that I sound as much like me as possible. We're gonna times. we're gonna try and dial up a few a few friends of the show to see how they're getting on with the kind of the whole situation and just kind of have a bit of a chat. But in the meantime, we just want to you know. Uh, you, you're getting on with your life, Dane, right? That's your as much as you can. You, you said to me you, you you went out for Wagamama's today, which is it, it sounds. Yeah, I went, out to, I went I went out to get food today just to see the lay of the land and how things are what, going. Where, what was it now, like? Where, where was the Wagamama's? South um, West London. Yeah, and uh, it was it was fine. I mean, there was about service was very quick and efficient because there wasn't many people there. Yeah. Um, 
the ratio of people to staff was almost at one to one. Wow. Um, yeah, but you know, what, did, what did you like order? What did you order? Katsu? Or? Um, I got uh, a few bits and bobs actually. Got oh. myself a nice variety. We nice. had some nice food. I just think, you know, not that I'm trying to be rebellious or I'm trying to trivialize the. Uh, the crisis but at the same time it's like i've always been somebody whereby uh other than subsisting on what i'm told by mainstream media is i can experience it for myself and see what's happening and i think you know given the fact that at this particular point we are dealing with what's supposed to be a global pandemic but you know sanitation still being provided as is indoor plumbing and electricity uh, as well as medical care in extreme cases as well then uh i really hope that this crisis really has humanity and society take a look at where we value certain members of society. Amen. As I always said, and I've mentioned on the podcast as well, that you know we have created industrial hierarchy where someone who is a bin man, a refuse collector, or works in sanitation is looked down upon compared to somebody who may work in the finance industry. But given the crisis that we have now, I'll tell you what, I'd much rather someone who knows how to keep pipes and toilets clean than a fucking banker about now. Oh yeah, big time, big time. And it, it, it's fascinating because, you, you, you know, I, I'm sure like a lot of people, you're readdressing your value system in some ways or, 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 or looking at what you normally value in your everyday life. And it's, it's obviously gonna, gonna change, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, I'm definitely doing that and having a lot of reflection on, you know, thinking about how I communicate, uh, my, uh, creativity to an audience. But yeah, mainly just about, I just think this time is important just to make sure you spend time with people you care about. But it's funny, I guess I was arriving at this existential epiphany uh, a few months ago, following some of the tragic passing of like, you know, Kobe Bryant and Nipsey Hussle. Mm. So for a long time, I've kind of been like, you know, been able to put my egotistical uh, wants and desires aside and trying to make sure I have a fairly things like spending time with loved ones. Well, so I guess it is reinforcing the point even more now. I, I as I said before, we kind of press record, Dane. You know, I, I, I have personal situations in my family, and, and and that mean that I have to be very careful about who I'm interacting with, and therefore I'm trying to limit it because I don't want to catch it for those people in my life. You know, that's a mm-hmm. that's a logical thing. However, yeah. when I actually add up the things that inconvenience me, because I'm, I'm obviously not a a, p- a performer out there every night doing what you guys do. I, I, have, a, I have a job as a producer and, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to say that I'm not about to lose it because of this. Although many people in my, in our industry are losing their jobs. I think that's one of the very humbling and uh, I guess eye opening things about dealing with something, uh, dealing with a crisis of a biological nature is the fact that, you know, where normally people may not be directly affected by this if they have a certain level of access to healthcare or standing of living. Mm. But, uh, you know, the common cold, as referred to, is is common. So everyone's dealing with it. And now this is a cold that's not so uncommon because it's not something that you associate as a preventable disease of poverty anymore. Like, you know, members of... Uh, members of uh, Parliament again. There's uh, elected official, dip, international diplomats, um, and also even celebrities. So mm. Tom Hanks well, was the, was um, the, was yeah, the first Hanks, one to go. Idris Elba has been symptomless. Uh, I know uh, Mike Michael Arteta has contracted yeah, it. Yeah. Justin Justin Trudeau's wife has contracted it. But the thing um, that the thing that has hit me, uh, and this is this is the kind of you know, uh, I guess slightly more philosophical. Uh, you know, maybe everyone has a smoke or a drink and thinks about this when well, whatever they do to relax um elements of our lives do not really matter as much as we act as they do in this very privileged western society i Absolutely. i i have i have kind of come to terms with 
you know, I have, a, I have a wife and a cat, you know, in my house and I look after them both with food. And, you know, I had a moment when I was like, okay, how much do I have food do I have in this house if everywhere was going to sell out? And I mean, the reality is plenty of food, you know, comparatively to, to if you were saying be on the fucking, you know, breadline that, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to afford to buy it. You know, that's the reality of that. And, 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 and the idea that I've got enough to sustain us for these next couple of months is, is I'm incredibly fortunate, but not everyone's going to be in that situation. And the idea that, you know, I was thinking about how the brand of hummus that I buy, I might not be able to get it because otherwise I have to go to the supermarket. And I was like, I mean, the genuinely fucking hell, that's the first world problem. I mean, that's the highest level of first world problem is the, is to imagine that you can't get the, the, the this brand of food that you want. But that's the kind of things that people are going to be bothered about because we've been so spoiled. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's been the mentality of people for a very very long time, and it's because a lot of the time we've had the privilege of living in a developed world. Something like dealing with uh, a virus or a uh, or any any issue of a biological crisis has never really been something that we've had to confront face on. Or there's been some level of uh, I guess social manipulation where it's not really put in your face, and so any potential danger is obscured from your vision. Um, but yeah, I feel like Howard, I question everything, and this kind of event. Definitely, uh, for semantics, definitely reinforces why we have the uh, podcast because we question the things and why things happen. And one of the reasons we do that is to be reflective, is so that we show that it happen again and we, you know, do some self reflection. Mm. But also in terms of comedy, it goes to show you, like, you know, I, it definitely reinforces my own uh, personal philosophy, which is, you know, a lot of the things that we take seriously are actually funny and they're jokes. Oh, of and course. That, yeah. Other than the opportunity for human connection through the form of like, you know, creative performance or artistic performance and just genuine rapport building with other human beings and other uh, sentient beings within nature, nothing else really fucking matters. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I've been, I'm sure you've been doing, you know, making your people that matter to you most laugh uh, whenever the opportunity arises over the last couple of days, you know, I've I've picked up the phone to people and gone. How's your apocalypse going? And and they seem to enjoy that as a as a, as a question, um, because it is you know a completely different lifestyle, right? It's just completely changed. Oh, definitely. But you know, this is this is the thing is that um, it's it's the kind of perspective that we all need, and uh, it's 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 encouraging both artistically and also uh, from a humanitarian uh, standpoint, whereby. You know, the questions you people ask is that obviously we're seeing a lot of uh, panic buying and mm. and uh, some hoarding and some profiteering. Mm. But, you know, people that are remaining somewhat stoic and seeking to interact with people and trying to carry on for the foreseeable future is uh, very impressive. Yeah. And, and I really hope that that's a triumph for the human spirit. And, you know, this is a real issue, but there is the opposite the possibility there of people being able to develop some sense of perspective and let's hope that they start applying this uh, new outlook mm. in terms of what they demand of the people that shape and control uh, social policy, social etiquette and, you know, and also as well as social and political discourse. Yeah. Well, and that discourse is actually, I think, you know, the, the most vital thing in some ways, which is that, you know, that, that on two levels, one is, if, if and I've, I've posed this question to a few people, if you had twenty five grand in the bank right now, and you knew that you had you know more than enough to survive for the next how many months, would you give some of that away? And I think people would have to re be really honest with themselves and say that they probably wouldn't, and maybe they're going to change their mind now because there's going to be people who are actually going to end up fucked unless 
people are generous to them. And I, I think the idea of being a generous person is about to change, maybe. Well, I think prior to this, I agree with you. I think prior to this, we're having a conversation where people were uh, lamenting the fact that there seemed to be a maxim being repeated in uh, a society, which was like, you know, I'm all right, Jack. And there was a, and a real sense of individualism. And we saw that in terms of like, you know, where was acceptable hatred of people are referred to as the working class or chavs. Mm. We saw that with uh, our whole apathy towards, you know, the plight of asylum seekers of both a war nature and of a um, economic as well as environmental nature. Uh, we saw that so far as, um, you know, I guess treatment of the diaspora based in the UK. Saw that from, you know, people's treatment of uh, Muslims living in the UK. And I just think, you know, every single time people allow their, um, humanity to be compromised for just a little bit of creature comfort, you're getting closer and closer to a situation like we're in now. Mm. It's... So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the definition of generosity is going to have to change. And I've, I definitely think that the definition of corporate and social or political responsibility is definitely going to change. I really hope people will look at this and be like, this is not good enough. And we did, we did, we demand more of this. Yeah. And, and I think those long-term benefits is what we're kind of hoping for. Um, maybe, just maybe this will come out of this terrible situation. And, and, and I tell you the one thing I will say, and, 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 you know, I don't particularly get militant about anything, but the amount of people fucking speculating about nonsense to do with this, this disease. If, if you, yeah. if you happen to be studying stuff and you're, you know, at one of these incredible universities who are doing, you know, round the clock research on this problem, then I appreciate your opinion. Whereas if you're just fucking spouting nonsense online, whether it be over-the-top worrying or conspiracy theorist bullshit, which, let's, let's be honest, it's quite entertaining to think that there's a conspiracy theory behind all of this, but you can't base anything on that right now. There's nothing to factualise that statement. So fucking put a cork in it. Like, surely this is not the time to be generating those kind of opinions. Yeah, but I mean, rationalisation and how people go about rationalisation is always a very strange thing, I think, is a... Mm. And also, you've got to remember, like, in times of crisis, there have always been doomsayers. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of time when we're in, we're in the midst of, like, advanced technological advance and what we, we tend to conflate that with social advance. And I don't think that's happened a lot of time. I think there are a lot of people that are... You know, we look at things like Munchausers and like, you know, attention seeking. Mm. There are a lot of people that it just seems to be for them, they find it a lot more galvanizing to unite people in fear. Well, and that's and, the, know, that's, the to themselves. that's the Trump thing, right? And 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 the yeah. and the Chinese disease, as he called it earlier today, when we when we're time of recording. And the idea that this is, you know, I've I've read a number of things saying this is a Chinese uh conspiracy to win the economic battle over the world. It's like, you know what? Maybe one day there could be proof of something that that is in any way near that. But for now, but see, the thing is, put it. Yeah, on. but the thing is, you know, that is coming from. See, for me, listening to somebody like that, it's very clear why anyone would think that person has any level of financial responsibility to run. It. That's why businesses mm. will obviously go bankrupt because if that is the idea, China wants to win a trade war. Well, they can only win trade if there are people alive to buy their fucking produce. So if people die from a viral infection, they ain't going to be able to buy Chinese things, are they? And if people die, they won't be able to return or pay China's trade deficit if they're in a race to China. And if people aren't able to survive a virus, well, 
if China wanted to infect us, mm. would have give us a viral infection. They could have done that years ago with everything else we get from China, exactly. whether it's zips or produce or clothing or electronics or those little bits of packets of silica gel, which most people don't know it's even for. So they could have killed us a long time ago if they wanted to. MSG is a fucking excitotoxin, <laughs> a flavor enhancer. We've been using for years, and people are fine with that. So. Yeah. yeah, I People mean, like that level of irresponsibility, I don't pay much attention to it. And I actually think it's one of two things that we probably may get to a situation whereby I think this and that might be one of the main things about this. Uh, the issue that we're dealing with now and the crisis that we're dealing with now is that I think this is not populism is not going to work in this instance. Yeah. And I think I think the fact that it was it's been allowed to enter the paradigm of uh, political discourse was probably us cheat in our lives in the first place and so mm. allowing people a, a, a world full of opinion and uh, populism when we're dealing with issues that require the application of wisdom and actual knowledge and research they're going to become very obsolete you'll find in a couple of weeks and i think there was that time during brexit where they said um oh people are tired of experts do you think they're fucking tired of them now Jeremy, <laughs> people, people that, people that say stuff like "I'm tired of experts," are people. Yeah, those are people that have uh, basically given over to their own peasantry, and you know, like we just and that's and that's been encouraging this lowest common denominator narrative, where it's like I'm entitled to my opinion. People are tired of experts. We've been encouraging this ignorance for a long time. The problem being is that what goes along with that ignorance is an entire lifestyle where it's not just people that are ignorant of mine. Then, you know, if people don't listen to experts, they will let stuff like their hygiene lapse, and they will not check on themselves. And so, it's very easy. When human beings are like, you know, this is just how nature works. If you have prey or you have a food source as a predator, like a virus, for example, is a predator or lives parasitically off of his host. Now, if you have a host that now doesn't care about experts and doesn't care about wisdom and knowledge and, you know, learning lessons of the past, then for a virus, that works out perfectly for you. Yeah. Which is why, probably why Prince Philip actually himself said, if I had a chance, I'd come back as a virus to help with the problem of overpopulation. Because as far as the elites are concerned, when they're hearing people say something, we're tired of experts and people that shun education and shun the word of experts, to them, that's the peasantry. Mm. And so, you know, I really feel like when people say they're tired of experts, that's, you're, you're speaking into existence, you're, you know, you're acknowledging your own inferiority. Yeah, yeah. I mean... But, 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 even, but, even, but this is what I'm saying, is that, like, we have this state where we feel that our social advance runs concurrently with our technological advance. And it's, in this particular point in time... I can say it couldn't even be further from the truth, especially given the fact that as we are now at the apex of human evolution in terms of technology, where we are on the board, you know, we're on a, we're on a, um, having burgeoning research into artificial intelligence, people have become medieval. Mm. Now we're at a point now where we're creating robot, like sentient life. <laughs> people are like, the earth is flat and you shouldn't have vaccinations. This is how far we're beginning to regress. And, you know, for a long time, we've encouraged this culture of like this yearning for nostalgia, whether it's make America great again or keep calm and carry on and war slogans. So while we've been encouraging this narrative, as older people like uh, millennial, extennials or Generation X and boomers are having a presence in social media, you know, things like we're tired of hearing from experts and stuff like that. It's like, well, you know, that's probably how people spoke before the plague had began. <laughs> and I tell you what, man just be i just think people just need to be good to each other like that when you actually think how much effort you make to be decent to other human beings 
we talk about this we talked about this a few times you know when you're at a checkout and you're nice to the person you're polite to the person that's serving you you know people some people yeah. are so inherently rude uh to those people and you know it makes a world of difference now i think if we treat everyone with kind of a bit of love and a bit of respect in these coming months because we're all going to need each other we're going to need each other's you know support we're not going to you know nobody just wants we, to be I mean, we've we've always been a social species right and mm. because we've had now we've had this ability to reimagine ourselves along in, as digital incarnations of ourselves that allowed for us to show a lot less empathy towards our fellow human it showed allowed for us to show a lot less sympathy and technology has now enabled enabled a lot of us to lose our humanity now that the aspect of our humanity is now being compromised we're now going to require technology in order for us to realize it again is what i think mm. wow big so. prediction big prediction um i mean you say you say be nice to each other i'm like you're damn fucking right howard because you know what if you don't, you may die. So you don't even have a choice anymore. Yeah. No, it's, and, and, and that's what I'm saying about what people are putting out on socials. Just, just rein it in, everyone. Let, let's just, yeah, but that's what people used to do. Like Socials have historically offered people the, the veil of anonymity. I think at a time now where we are so, so crucial, what people are consuming on, in digital formats with the current crisis, people aren't going to be able to afford to fuck around anymore mm-hmm. and be idiots and be the kind of person they used to write... Because, you know, we're trolls and stuff and they, you know, they replace the kind of people that write on school decks or write in bathroom mirrors or write in toilet cubicles in public <laughs> restrooms. That's, that's, who, that's, who, that's who trolls have always been. I can tell you for free now, in a world where, you know, you're no longer having mass gatherings, people are going to be scrutinising any kind of false information that can lead to any kind of loss of human life. Being a troll is not going to be as fun as it's been. Mm. There's not going to be a lot to do. Yeah, there's not going to be a lot yeah. to do. So yeah, it's crazy times, Dane, and uh, but we're going to keep podcasting, right, man? Like, we're going to we're going to we've got this technical setup here where my phone is recording, it might is being recorded by our recording device, and we're going to be able to talk to people all over the world. We've got friends stuck in Australia, right? Who've gone out for the Listen, gone, out, gone out for the thing? I don't know what's going to happen, Howard. All I know is that I made a choice about ten years ago that I'd be the minister of the best medicine as a comedian. Okay, hmm. that's what laughter is, and now I've got to be like Johnny Appleseed or be a comedian sans frontiers and use the internet as my method of travel as long as people are listening we're going to keep providing the content for them we're going to keep doing question everything as you said at the start it's, it's as yep. vital as ever we're going to bring on a friend of the show now to see i'm going to try and add him to this call uh the lovely ishan akbar and we're going to see what he's up to at the moment let's um let's give him a call Isha, Ishan Akbar. Hello, Howard Cohen. And, and Dane Baptiste. <laughs> Hello, Howard Codane. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Snackbar, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, basically, Ishan, in a nutshell, Howard and I, you know, we believe that uh, laughter is the best medicine. And so what we're doing is go around making our equivalent at house calls to see everyone's going on and see if we can bring some laughter in their life. Questioning everything, because you may have questions. That you want to ask, so we're just providing. But yeah, yeah. start with a friend of the podcast and a friend in real life. He is a friend. He's a lovely man. How are you coping? How are you coping, Ishan? How are you doing with the fucking apocalypse, mate? Well, I'm doing all right. So basically, as you might hear from my voice, it doesn't have the same sultry, deep tones that you may be accustomed to. It's quite rough. Mm-hmm. And, and that's because I was nursing a cold and a cough over the weekend on Friday, and I've gone into self-isolation. Oh. Um, 
and I'm basically recovering from it. Uh, but the advice has been so conflicting. So I live, my dad lives with me. He's 60 years old and a diabetic. He's a paramedic. He called um, his boss yesterday, say, look, I've been talking to my son who's had this cold cough situation. Should I come in? And then he said, yeah, you're absolutely fine to come in. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I mean, your dad is a paramedic. Um, so I guess civil service, this uh, government is finding out just how reliant they are on it, I imagine. I'm very concerned about the fact that, you know, there has been very little in terms of finding out what policies are being put in place to take care of, you know, members of the civil service, whether it's, uh, you know, paramedics, people within the medical profession, uh, and also, reluctantly, law enforcement. You know, which I think is very mature and big of me to say, everybody. (laughs) It is. But also, it's just funny for me to see at which point uh, during the process, we begin to realise who really is indispensable to us, and nobody realised this. But you know, super, supermarket shelf stackers right now—they are worth their weight in gold. Absolutely. Listen, everybody that exists within the gig economy right now needs to be exalted accordingly, because that's what London revolves around. London revolves around gig economies and people doing shift work and part shift work, and you know, a large part of that is made up of the. Uh, the immigrants of this country and i think now that people are not able to derive any kind of uh, superiority based on their jobs because they can't go to work and be in a suit on a train they're going to be so dependent on this gig economy now that you're right that people that work in you know civil service people that are involved in menial jobs whether it's like you know i think yeah even people that are out there now picking produce and trying to um curate produce and food and have that delivered and you know still try to maintain like distribution chains for food and the essentials we need to start showing these people more respect. We should have been doing this in the first place. Exactly. So that's that's the stuff that I'm thinking about at the moment is now it took us this apocalypse to realise that maybe I'm not as useful as a, to society as I thought I might be because I've got two degrees. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad reflection of yourself, but it's just as long as you don't equate, uh, you know, academic uh, achievement with any kind of uh, moral or physical support personal superiority over anybody else because like you said like i said to howard you know it's always been a thing whereby people will look at uh bin men and bankers at opposite ends of the industrial spectrum but right now you would need a lot more sanitation than you need financial advice yeah, exactly <laughs> and, and i really think and i really hope that becomes a point of principle for everybody living within a free economy in inverted commas or living in a developed world because like you know once you start discussing the things about, like, you know, an equal distribution of wealth or uh, economic wealth to people with menial jobs, then people very much bulk it, the idea that them working in the service industry would make them equivalent to somebody who works in, like, I don't know, uh, sewage treatment. But right now, you know, it's a buyer's... It, at the moment, I say it's a, it's a seller's market. If you're someone that can provide the most basics, as a, the basics of um, human existence and human prosperity as opposed to the theory of it, you're going to be a lot more useful to people. So, well, yeah. even 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 the clever clogs. So, so, so the Federal Reserve wanting to put a trillion dollars into the stock market, mm-hmm. the market is just going to soak it up and it'll crash again. It's going to make absolutely no difference. Any person that's going to profit from that would be the people that sells um, the uh, anti-back gel. <laughs> Well, that's where the money seems to be going. Ishan, I had to ask you about this year. Are you are you currently holding a, a, a fuck ton of toilet paper? Let me tell you, no, I'm not. Mm. Two I've, reasons. I've got fuckloads. My wife orders it online, and we've got loads in the shed. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, two liters of that. Uh, sorry, sorry, Howard, in your location is where? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you should see how many sweet potato fries I've got in my freezer. <laughs> Nice, nice. Oh, I've loaded up, mate. But that was that was way in advance of any apocalypse. I was just I was just really keen to have a lot of sweet potato fries, really good ones. That's, yeah, that is the middle class stockpiling I wanted to hear about. <laughs> yeah, she likes them, and I try and not eat normal potatoes. Why can't you just have fries at a time like this? I don't like normal potatoes, Ishan. I don't know what to tell you. She loves sweet potato fries. It's the right. Well, you know what, Howard? What you may learn is that we don't all eat things for taste. <laughs> Thank you. Taste you, may need, you might need them slow-release carbohydrates when you're running away from zombies. Yeah, exactly. Zombies. <laughs> and you're like, how do you know when they've turned? Because when they turn around, it's like dry crap in their butt crack Run I can't wait I can't wait till they say potatoes cure coronavirus watch <laughs> <laughs> buy a packet of potato flavoured condoms each <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's oh, the apocalypse talking it's, I mean this is the well I mean genuinely I don't even know what to fucking I mean I, I, I keep trying to do exercise because I'm like I need to try and stay you know stay fit because of who knows what's the fuck's going to happen I've been trying to do exercise for the last 35 years, very unsuccessfully. <laughs> well, like I said, a zombie with dry poo in their butt crap will get you running, Isham. That's real good for cardio. <laughs> um, Isham, I would assume, uh, like every comedian, your shows are currently cancelled, right? So what are you going to do with your time? Are you going to write a book or what are you going to do? All my shows are cancelled. I'm going to tighten my film script. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but I'm potentially working on a documentary series with a very exciting new production house. Oh, yep. Mm. So I'll be uh, working, on a, working on stuff to do with that. I'll just be you know, preparing lots of different types of content. I'm just ordering um, a microphone and an external hard drive because uh, I'm anticipating I'm going to produce more stuff and put it out there and just see what happens. Well, me and Dane have been talking. We're going to make stuff for these next couple of months. I've got, you know, the camera kit, the editing kit in my new setup. So we're going to, listen, we'll talk more about it because we want to keep making stuff for the masses. Yeah. I'm also working on uh, synthesizing a uh, anti-retroviral um, anti- and, or protease inhibitor to prevent them from replicating. My research is very, very arbitrary at best. It's pretty much like a stick man and some scrollings in the back of my journal. But <laughs> once we get underway, Ishan, also I'm probably going to work on my whole idea that I've been working on like vegan ice creams and sorbets for a long time. So uh, if you see a guy this? driving through your area in a light commercial vehicle with a hazmat suit on, trying to serve delicious fruit, uh, ice, fruity um, sorbet treats to children, just me, baby, trying to save the world. I remember talking about that with you the first time I met you properly. He talks about um, it all the in time. Hamburg. In Hamburg. I'm sorry. I just want to be able to provide delicious treats for the populace that don't want to eat the milk of another species. Call me crazy. <laughs> um, I just feel like we at a point in time now, any opportunity for you to get foreign bodies into your bloody your tissue in your bloodstream, bad idea. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. Um Ishan, thank you very much for giving us your time. Uh, I'll speak to you. We'll speak to you very soon. We're going to make some other house calls now. Um, so, um, yeah, take care of yourself. Feel better, mate. Thank you. Enjoy. They won't be as fun as me. <laughs> they won't be, Ishan. Ishan, please take care of yourself and be well. For I'm completely un- unrelated reasons, should the worst happen, can you please donate your scalp to me? <laughs> <laughs> 
In it, you got a you got a delicious quick. Can someone? Can one of our listeners please please Photoshop Ishan's hair onto Dane's head? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That <laughs> make that happen. Make that happen. Someone do that, please. Um, make that happen. Ishan, take care of yourself, mate. All the best. Bye bye. Bye, bye. On, bro. Thanks, Ishan. So, Dane, we were going to record the other day, weren't we? We were going to record uh, with with different comedians uh, and different people coming into the show, but they couldn't they couldn't come because of the virus. But one of them was was a really funny guy called called Rahul Kohli. Um, let's should we try and call him now? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, let's give Raul a call. Raul's a good friend of mine. Always catching on my travels. A very talented uh, international and travelling comic. Uh, yeah, and a very insightful guy as well. So let's give him a call. He's got, he's got interesting toys to tell. Okay. Hello. Hello. Is that Raul? Hey. Yes. Hello, lads. How are you? Are you well? We're good, man. How are you doing? I am. I am as well as can be given the current climate. Which is probably a lot more of a considered answer than I gave. I was like, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? Like I'm, I'm in deep trouble. But you take you take some sort of condolence in the fact that the world suffers with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it really United sorrow and United joy it shouldn't require a humanitarian crisis for us to feel that way. You know, we <laughs> together. But that being said, for I, me, I, mate. I'm a very very individualistic man I am. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, you know, we're in a line of work whereby you spend a lot of time by yourself. So if you're not comfortable with and enjoy your own company, then, you know, this might not be the career for you. So, and I said before, you know, you're you're someone who's like travels the four corners of the globe alone a lot of the time. And like a lot of time with comedy, constantly interacting with and meeting new people and new cultures and new subcultures and obviously handle it very well. Rahul, it's Howard here, the producer, the, the producer of the show. How are you doing? I am well, Howard. How are you? Not too bad. So, how how is your how are you dealing with this uh, this 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 virus scenario? I have literally just I, I have just buried my head in books and papers and just read a hell of a lot and pretended the whole thing isn't happening because there's nothing really I can do, is there? Like I can try and reschedule a few things. I get some projects I've not done, but. We've got no real direction. It's like, oh, avoid all non-essential contact. To what extent is my job essential or not essential? And then we don't know if it's going to go away. We don't know when it's going to end. So I've just kind of read and just sort of hoped it'll all go away one day. Yeah, I think I think at this particular stage, as uh, vague as that sounds, it's the only way you can deal with it, man. I think, you know, 
myself personally, I don't want to be like a nihilist or a fatalist about the whole thing, but you know, human beings sometimes need to be reminded, man, that we are a part of nature. We're not distinct from it. And so if there is a decision being made by nature now, then you kind of have to conduct yourself how you feel you the best way you can as a human being. And uh, yeah, rather than continue to like, I guess, muse about, you know, potentially anything fatal. It's like when I'm on a flight, for example, Raul, yeah, I never really, people are like, don't you get scared about flights? And I'm like, listen, if I'm in 35,000 feet in the air and the plane just cuts off and we just descend, Odds of survival, very low. So I can't, there's no point screaming all the way down because you know what's going to happen. Well, you got your seatbelt, you got your oxygen mask. <laughs> there you go, exactly. What an optimistic man. That's the most optimistic you thing have I've got ever those, Exactly, so whatever. <laughs> you never know, you might wake up in a lost type scenario. <laughs> you never, you do, you do. Oh, exactly. God, but that, that TV show went really badly very quickly, so I'm not sure that's such a good idea. Well, well, you got two seasons of, of enjoyment and then <laughs> things take a turn. <laughs> Listen, Howard, I've seen... I think compared to some of the more recent dramas that take place on tropical islands, I think it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see that island has loads of <laughs> on island-based dramas has declined over the last couple of years. I feel like maybe Lost wasn't that bad. I'd argue that some people on islands nowadays are kind of lost. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, man. That, that love triangle between Kate Sawyer and uh, the, the Doctor, I now forget the name of. That was deep, man. That was that was <laughs> akin I mean, to the, that was the deep, early whereas, founders of Love Island. That was deep, see? That was an original Love Island. There was some real love there. Whereas nowadays, the, what we refer to as a Love Island is not the same as Lost. Interestingly, it was actually Lost that gave me some of my first introductions into like actual Hindu ideology, given that I'm raised Hindu and I knew nothing about it. It was actually the TV show Lost that gave me any sort of insight into that. Really? Because do you remember when they find, yeah, because they find the, uh, they find that apartment, because that's when I, I got, I was a teenager at the time and I literally got lost watching the series. Somewhere around about the second or third series, the others had like apartment blocks on, on the other side of the island and they killed off Mr. Recco and I was just like, I'm confused, yeah, my favourite character's please, gone, uh, I'm careful. done with this. Um, some, of our, some of our listeners may be uh, listening to this from some point in the past and you're giving them plot spoilers. <laughs> oh so, God, yeah. If you haven't watched Lost yet, you've left this too long. No, no, they have to suffer. <laughs> Uh, we we got a period of isolation. I think people have got the time to go, hey, you might be ruining a potential series I might watch over the next six months to a year. Good point. Uh, Good point. Um, Good but point. when they find the first the first uh, like basement block, they like find it with all the stuff in and like the experiment for humans. Uh, they have that thing written Dharma. And I had no idea what Dharma was. And then that was like one of the first insights where I just went on Wikipedia and found out what Dharma was and how central it was to well, Hindu theology. Which is, is, I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, in the same way that, ironically, watching the Passion of the Christ made me a lot less passionate about being a Christian. So, <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, and you're you're a happy guy, aren't you, Rahul? Generally in life, are you finding this harder, if uh, or are you still feeling quite happy? At the minute, I'm feeling quite. Happy to be honest, I needed the time to rejig a few things and I was always on the road as it was. Uh, I'm content by and large, you just got to sort of take it as it is, like the world is the world that moves around you. And even like a month before this, you know, there was some sort of concern. Like a month before this, I was doing a lot of European gigs. And me very cleverly, you see, Howard, I booked loads of European gigs this year because I read the papers. I was thinking, oh, well, Brexit transition period comes to an end at the end of 2020. In 2021, I don't know if the visa will be needed. I don't know to what extent that'll affect my profitability. I'll book loads of European gigs this year. Then already a couple of weeks in, I was thinking, oh, God, the climate might screw this up. 
And then all of a sudden, they've got this coronavirus going, oh, God, nobody's traveling anywhere. And then I thought that would just affect my European gigs, but it's affected my UK gigs as well. Before the climate, it was Brexit. So you just kind of get, a, get on with things and hope for the best. But I'll tell you one thing. In a, in a month's time when, you know, or two months' time when my savings start to wear thin, I'm not paying rent. Could I, could I get angry and start stabbing people and stealing their money? Who knows? Who knows? You've got to react to your environment, haven't you? Oh, yeah, it's true, Raul, but let's not jump the gun straight away. There will still be people with deep pockets, and you have a very saccharine, sweet voice, very unique. What if you take <laughs> those Geordie Hindi sensibilities and you come work at my sex work call centre and we take it back into the good old days and we just provide salacious, salubrious, seductive tones for people that are looking for a friend out there? Are you trying to sort of sign me up to your... Uh, what is this? This sounds like you, you've run some sort of sex line or that's your plan Ra- for future Raul, income. Raul... Don't make it sound like pimping, you handsome, sexy idiot. I'm just saying, <laughs> in the line of work we're in, we just, we just sometimes need to find alternate ways. Like, one of the reasons I got into comedy is because, you know, philosophically, it, it showed me that there are no guarantees in life. So I enjoy this job. And that was the main point, was that I was trying to seek something that was fulfilling and enjoyable. So there's never been any designs that where there would be some long-term stability with this thing. Because remember, like, even Equity is an amazing organization which exists to provide, like, insurance and coverage for comments. But... You know, now, given the unforeseen circumstances, you may not be able to um, pick up on your, an insurance claim. So, you know, all I'm saying is that, like, let's say we got to do some stuff that's crazy for water and I need a distraction. You need to turn the sexy up to 100 and then we start rinsing people via Patreon and PayPal. Not because we're evil, you know, sex sells. We just want our cut of the cake. And that cake is Raul Coley flavoured. This... <laughs> It's the way you're selling this day and that makes me fear the pimping. You're coming across a very sort of used car salesman, Martin Shukrali-esque <laughs> sort of selling me a positive. It's hmm. the negging the way you started that with, hey, don't, don't, don't jump to the conclusion of pimping, you handsome, sexy idiot. Yeah. It was that, you, you know, like raise my confidence up and slap me in the face. That makes me think this is a terrible idea. You know, because I need to you to know that you're beautiful, but not to fuck with daddy. Did I say daddy? <laughs> I mean, you're a friend. And it really so. feels like this isn't, the, this isn't the first time you've made this conversation happen, Dane. That's what really... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, gonna... I've been hinting at it for a long time. I guess no one's really been biting. I just I didn't really pick up a lot of interest when I started trying to get comedians for my inverted commas comedy workshop. But uh, <laughs> improv, I just, um, yeah, my improv, and I feel like now is the biggest improv of all. Is that I take some of the most talented creators I know in the industry, and we create a demand for telephone-based um, sex talk again. Yeah. He's He's good at this, Howard. He's just gone, oh, well, I asked loads of people after I reject him. I asked loads of people. But I do just go for the talented one. Do you ever roller coaster of my emotions here? Yeah. Hey, look, um, that's it, man. You know, it's it's self-esteem. It's how you control it. We'll but, be in contact yeah, with, we'll the, with the negotiations. As well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, also... Thanks for replying. Uh, thanks for replying. And also, Raul, as a first time, because we're, doing, uh, we're trying to administer the best medicine via comedy, via these task calls, and it might be the first time our listeners have uh, heard of you. Where else can we find you and check out some of your stuff, please? Well, you've got you've got lots of time at the minute, so I suggest <laughs> you uh, try and binge my uh, podcast on on BBC Sounds it's called Comic Sanskrit, and it's all about trying to define what Hinduism is. It's sort of a mixture of stand-up, sketch, and interviews. Lovely. Yeah. Sounds uh, and then apart from and that, also, you cannot find me anywhere else because yeah, my yeah. calendar has been pulverized. Exactly. You can find me in my kitchen. Don't come in here if you've got a cough. Yeah, and also uh, look up Raul Coley on Google Images and you guys will see what I'm saying. The guy is just <laughs> caramel personified. 
He's a beautiful man. <laughs> Listen, look after yourself, Rahul. It's been lovely to talk to you. This has been a, a lovely little call. We're going to call someone thanks, else Rahul, in a bit. Appreciate yeah, you, bro. Nice stuff. Safe, you too. Well, right, thanks for having us. Stay, no stay safe. Have a good one, brother. You too. Bye. Bye. So that was lovely to speak to Rahul. Let's um, let's try someone else. Should we try Marlon Davis? You've known Marlon for years, right, Dane? I've known Marlon for years. Uh, Marlon has been a stalwart of the comedy scene, both the uh, mainstream and the black circuit. He's always been a great guy and a confident. And uh, yeah, I get to f- uh, gig with him frequently. And he is a endless source of positivity in the comedy industry. Mm. Let's see if he's around. He said he would be. So let's try him now. Hello? Marlon. Marlon. Yo. It's Dane and Howard. How, how are you? I'm all right. How are you keeping? We're good, man. Uh, I'm currently chilling nearby, man. I'm in Westside. I know you're normally chilling in North Weezy. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, essentially, we are... Basically, the philosophy is that laughter is the best medicine. And it? So I'm making house calls to talk to other positive people to see how they're living and surviving in the current times. Okay, okay. How you getting on? So what's been happening? Yeah, just surviving, isn't it? I went to Hobbycraft just now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. Really? Really? What, yeah. Why? And I don't usually go to that shop because it's like it's overpriced, isn't it? But because of the virus, I thought, you know, like it's just there's, there's sales everywhere. So yeah, there's sales everywhere, you know. There's sales everywhere. And there's sales as, everywhere. As sheepless and as scared as the people in the shops look, I'm like, what? Half off exactly. is the money exchange? Oh, well, bro. <laughs> that's how it is hobby craft as well that's all good yeah well, I, want ask, I want to ask you a question as well yeah well, because what did you uh, buy, what did you buy from hobby craft is what I have uh, Marlon as well as being a very accomplished and well known and loved comedian in our circuit um, is yeah. also the survivor of a uh, well it's kind of well he, he came out of a coma not yeah. too long ago yeah. and I want to know um, how 28 days later does it seem that you come out of a coma and everyone's like, don't worry, Marlon, you're awake. Now everything's going to be fine. And now we have a global pandemic, Marlon. Do you it's feel that? crazy. Like some, this stuff happens sometimes and you're like, you know what? When I was asleep, I was fine. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. I was like, everything was just all safe and, you know, everything was nice. When I woke up, though, I would say like, Brexit happened, didn't it? Well, a few things happened. Brexit happened. Like, Brexit happened. Two, two, yeah, the 2016 celebricide. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that, so that Prince went. Um, yeah, Prince went, and then Snape, and Severus Snape went, Farrah mm. Fawcett went. Oh, so many people. That that year, we were all like, what do they know? <laughs> and, yeah. What is it they know? What it's do us. they know? And I just feel like, especially when there are really abrupt uh, losses from celebrities or influence, influential people in society, and then mm. this happens, I'm like, what do you know? Like, part of me was, at first, even when I was like, Megan and Harry are not only leaving demonically, they're leaving to go to Canada. What do you know? Exactly. Exactly. So what is I, over there? Like the queen rushed Marlon? over to Windsor and every I don't know. It's, uh, it's what do you mad. think there, Marlon? What, I'd like to get your view on it. What do you think? What do you see? Mm. How do you what, see of what? Of uh have you uh been caught wind of any conspiracy that has piqued your interest or curiosity? About this coronavirus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just, just depends whoever you speak to. You speak to anyone that come up with something. My favourite one has to be that it's an alien, the, the alien theory. That's the one that's got oh. me the most. Oh. We haven't heard this one. Tell us, yeah. more, tell us more about this one. Yeah, because 
What they've done is, like, the <laughs> aliens, they don't, this is an attack, basically. Oh, like, okay. It was a mild attack. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is that they just gassed up the whole of, like, the, the whole planet. And they started over there in um, in China, because that's, that's where they said they've got the most people. Mm. And they start from there, and it spread throughout the whole world. And this is the first stage of it before they actually appear. Hmm. So the, the, all of this is just making us weak, our immune systems are all weak, and then they're going to appear and slaughter a lot of people. I see. I mean, I'm just saying, they probably could have done it earlier because then things would have been nicer. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, if I'm aiming at the plan, I'd have been like, yeah, let's, let's, this invasion's ready. Yeah. You not want to go now. There's a lot of trees that's still left. No, give it a while. How much worse could they behave? I don't and really then, like and it. And then somebody was like, I'm sorry, have you guys been paying attention to Earth because they were setting fire to the Amazon rainforest? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the virus now. The virus is already now. Supposed <laughs> to come out Bad. in thirty nineteen. Twenty nineteen now. It's um, but the, I mean that theory is an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable idea. Um, yeah, I'm just upset they did it at this point because Liverpool ain't won the league yet. <laughs> Ooh. If Liverpool won the league, then yeah, you can do whatever you wanted to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Marlon Thomas, Marlon Davis, are you saying that aliens are in league with? The Sun newspaper and then you're impede the progress of both Liverpool, the, con- the country, the city, and the, the football club. Definitely, most definitely. You that, shared it here that, first. That might be the most plausible conspiracy theory I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I think. How, how's it affecting your life, Marlon? Because I, I was talking about how, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of sometimes try and not eat yeah. too much chocolate or something. But then with the, you know, scenario, I'm thinking I might just buy all the chocolate and eat it all because who gives a fuck, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, how are you feeling? How, cause you, you know. a, I'll just tell you the truth. Like this self-isolation thing that people's having to go through, I do it every day. I'm a comedian. That's what it's like. Exactly. This is it. Exactly. I'm yeah, we're, we're, I'm we'll be okay. We're, we're fine with our own company. Like exactly. this is this is basically like being in a hotel over a weekend where you're like there's a bit strange. <laughs> no one that during the day. The only difference is now it's like if you're washing your hands, but it's not because you've been masturbating during the day. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a lot that's of new role. Yeah, yeah, that's really different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And hand sanitizer. I can see what's going on. You just, you get it. Yeah, you know, we, you know, just pull it all together. That's what it is. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty run of the mill stuff for us. So they're turning everyone into comics. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, fuck it. I mean, it's one of the only. It used to be one of the only jobs that, like, you know, still required, you know, human interaction. You know, because you can auto tune music and you can do holograms, whereas. Holograms that can also understand and play on humor and take a tragedy and flip wow. it. That's the last part of the conundrum. So I guess what we're saying is, Marlon, when the aliens do invade, the only people that will be able to save us from the aliens and artificial intelligence yeah. are comedians. Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> finally, finally, we'll be in charge. The, the one thing I would point out that given we talked about masturbation is we might have yeah. some younger listeners and we want to give uh, them some advice. You need to control your... Calm down, okay? Don't get out of hand literally it could yeah. get nasty wow. okay that's it it's not it's not going anywhere lads <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry it's not going anywhere <laughs> you know yeah, it's not going anywhere so don't you worry lads 
So I, uh, but my advice is that uh, for people to take time, spending time with themselves, mm. to, uh, even if you are locked up in a post-apocalyptic lockdown, yeah. consent still comes first. Absolutely. And that you should uh, value yourself, love over anything else. Believe. And, and, and also learn to fight aliens, isn't it, isn't it Marlon? You gotta, you gotta do that. <laughs> with salt. Salt works on aliens and also cigarettes. They're not slugs, they're not slugs. Come you on. don't know how well, they might be mollusks. <laughs> that would explain why they want such a mucusy kind of environment. Don't exactly. say that everyone needs salt to fight aliens. They'll be down I the fucking know. Morrisons. Fucking loaded it up. You, you can't say that. It won't work. Well, I just I think know. with this I... virus also... It's been marketed wrong. Right. Yeah. It's like there's too much bad press about this, you know. There's been a lot of bad press about this, and, and uh, the CV things, COVID. I don't know. It's like it's, I don't know. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. It does seem a bit, uh, you know, packagish. Yeah. In terms of what we're dealing with, uh, um, but I don't know. At this particular stage, I'm always up for a little conspiracy. But for now. I'm more concerned with just people being able... What I'm really more concerned with is the reaction to the news rather than the news than the phenomenon itself. Uh, I think the opportunity for infection stuff, human beings, uh, our problem has always been this Darwinian idea about being a dominant species. And I think when you're living in nature and living in synergy with nature, mm. there can never be any dominance. There's always going to be codependence. Hmm. And I think... You know, Human beings, for example, for all of our cause of our superiority, without the fungus required to make uh, penicillin, we probably obviously wouldn't even be here. Mm. So, as complex as we are, it requires mm -hmm. very simple, uh, simple um, life forms to maintain our dominance. And also, an even more simpler life form in the form of a virus is able to cause this much trouble to arguably what's supposed to be the most complex and intelligent species on the planet. So, it's mad, know, isn't it? It's a mad. It's a mad. It's, it's madness. It's a madness, but it's, it's as above, so below. I'm, I'm taking a real philosophical, I guess, uh, uh, yeah, philosophical approach to it. That it's like it should let us know that human beings, even if we consider ourselves to be at the pinnacle of nature, we are not separate from it. And every single no. time we try and separate ourselves or try and claim superiority, something like this has to happen to remind us, you ain't special either, guys. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. We go way back. Everything is just. It's. It's there at this moment in time. Is what we can go back and look back on things from the past. I mean, dinosaurs, all of those kind of things. All those things, and it all started Jurassic the same Park. thing. A bunch of people, whether it's dinosaurs, whether it's mm -hmm. medieval times, the druids, they all thought they could be comedians, just like everybody else thinks they can be a comedian. So all of a sudden, what? they lock themselves in their houses all day. They buy a shitload of toilet paper so they can masturbate. So they can <laughs> but they don't understand. It's not just holding yourself up in How hotel rooms. How can a Tyrannosaurus masturbate? Um, I've got small hands, fam. Well, that's why they... That, that, that's <laughs> Let me Google that. Let me Google that. The Tyrannosaurus Rex, fam, it can't. Can the T-Rex masturbate? He was so angry. That's why he was well, there angry you go. all the time. Maybe that's why. Up. Maybe that's why. release. If you can't masturbate and you can't have that release, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's a whole family guy joke about oh, it. Oh, so, my uh, God. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> Marlon, Marlon, I hope this has helped. Yeah. hope raise your spirits uh, talking to us uh, today. I hope it raised everyone's spirits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the important thing, Marlon. Then. We, and I hope that your, your family and stuff are safe as well, man. Everyone doing good so far? Yeah, I hope so, too. 
Much love. I ain't man. seen any of them because you know I don't like them. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's cool. I think you know that's one of the things. This is going to be a real test for people. There's a lot of people out here that have friendships that are based on on brevity. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people in my life. Where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I like you, but. Like I like you like a shot of tequila. You're great in small doses, but I definitely don't want to be hungover from you. So, wow, big time, Uh, Marlon. Take care of yourself, man. We'll we'll hopefully see you in person for a proper podcast record, right? Yeah, we'll hopefully see you for a proper one. The other side of the apocalypse, yeah. Right. I I was working working for a guy called um, called Bert. Do you remember Bert, who used to run Paul O'Grady's chat show? I don't know if you remember that guy. Yeah, maybe. Long I've been in a coma. Oh, of course. <laughs> so so cool. yeah. See, Marlon, I like that about comas, you know. If if people say comas, there's a lot of disadvantages. There's a lot of advantages. That lets you... A coma is like your brain performing a Facebook call. If you don't matter, I'm not going to remember you. <laughs> you just think you don't work for you. <laughs> Marlon, peace. Take care of yourself. And hey, yourself, man. Well. Speak to you soon, man. Thanks again. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do. Best practice. So it was good. It was good to speak to Marlon. Um, let's call one more person, which is um, let's let's call let's call Matt Bell, who who is a, a kind of director, producer, friend of both mine and, and yours. You've worked with him before, haven't you, Dane? I have worked with Matt Bell. And, and uh, he made a film about Eddie Hall, Britain's Strongest Man, uh, for, that was on, still on Netflix. If you're looking for stuff to watch on Netflix, check it out. Um, but he's a big character. He's been working on a big show that I think has now stopped working. So let's, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's ask him how he's getting on. He's quite the character. Um, yeah, let's do it now. Let's see, if he, yeah. um, let's see if he picks up. Matt Bell. Hello, mate. Oh, you're the most crystal clear line we've had. Welcome. You're kidding? Yep, you're very clear. Very clear. That's what you get in Nottinghamshire, bro. That's where the internet's actually kept in a big (laughs) way. That sounds kind of smug then, Matt. Is that where it's really kept? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, mate. In a massive aircraft hangar. Well, two aircraft hangars. Just outside Nottingham. I'm just going to say... If it transcends that that's true and that you have the biggest servers in the UK there, expect people to descend upon you. <laughs> yeah, I know. The ra- yeah, the ravaging, we're going to call it, and it's already begun, I think. Um, Listen, so, so, I saw a lady slap another lady over toilet paper. Are you kidding? Yeah. It's fucking was happening. it a backhand or a front hand? And was it the same hand she uses to wipe? I mean, there you go. I don't know if she if it was... <laughs> I reckon it was a front hand, which is the most aggressive of the hands. <laughs> You know, yeah, no, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's, second, a, that's a difficult second swing only as well. Two, second only to a dual forward hand and also a pimp backhand, but basically a social forward hand. Plus, given, you know, statistically speaking, it's likely that she was right-handed and therefore she got slapped with the wiping hand. Oh, wow. crazy. I mean, it sounds like she got whacked with every hand. Which, you know what, the toilet paper thing, I'm a bit bamboozled by, honestly, because, like, in... Does it, has no one ever been to the Arabic states where they don't use toilet paper, they just use a bum uh-huh. gun? Exactly. But it's the deal, why can't people, or like, I've been to so many hotels where there is a redundant B-Day, um, which is also I mean, my cam gun. girl name. I mean, <laughs> so I'm not sure if bum gun is the right terminology to use in this case, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> and not because it's bad, but it might be a more effective use of a bum gun. Because I feel like, you know, if I was maybe just new to grinder, 
and uh, I yeah. wanted to meet some cool dudes. I might be like, hey guys, I got a bum gun, <laughs> etc. The signature Dane Baptiste bum gun. Yeah. The old bum gun. Yeah, all right, I'm in. Where do I sign? You know, because you know who uses a bum gun, Matt? Who? An assassin. Oh, <laughs> mate. You got it all going on. You should do this for a living. Uh, Listen, Matt, I'm, in, I'm isolated, okay? It's the best I can do with isolation. I can't check how good it is. Hey, I'm, in, I'm impressed, mate. I'm impressed. You've got, you've got ass jokes coming out the wazoo. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Literally at the, at the wazoo, mate. Literally. So I want to give you guys, I want to give you guys an update as to what's happening in Nottinghamshire. Okay, go for <clears> it. Because but Matt, can so, I just tell the audience who you are? Just because yeah. you're, oh, yeah, 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 you're an old yeah, friend of mine who's a filmmaker, um, and yeah. and you've worked with Dane before on a couple of things, and and, and yeah. you know, I know you've got a lot of opinions on lots of good stuff. So we're talking to people about about the fucking apocalypse. Um, how's the apocalypse <laughs> going in Nottingham then? Well, do you know what's really weird, right? I've just been working on a big TV show out in. Um, like a big drama type thing out in Prague. So I've been in Prague for months now. And um, and the moment all the like emergency sort of notifications came in, it was like immediate lockdown, like everyone's banned from going to school. Like no, you know, kids are kept home from school. This was a week ago. Mm. Um, like no groups of more than nine, which I thought was a strange number. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they took it really seriously. And then you drive around in Nottinghamshire and it's just like, Unless you're listening to the news, it's 100% business as usual, apart from when you go into a supermarket. But other than that, everyone's just strolling the streets. It's really odd, just normally, just like just like bowling around, smoking tabs, you know, in Nottinghamshire style. Yeah, it's really strange. I was thinking, though, that one thing I've really, uh, there's been a real absence of so far is like cackling cyber goons. Like, that's how yeah. I always envisage the apocalypse. So I think I'm going to have to start a very British version of being a cackling mad, cyber goon, like Mad, mad Max. Max. Yeah, Mad yeah. Max, great. Stripped to the waist, two leather belts across my tits, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'll be swinging a chain. I'm going to have a Mohican. They've always got time in the morning to do their Mohican and put makeup on. They always um, do. I'm going to have a yeah. walking stick with a knife hidden inside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a rat on a leash that lives on my shoulder for the most part, but occasionally I use him as a weapon. That's very good. Yeah. I'm also going to have I'm going to have a pigeon for that, and he also exchanges messages. And then <laughs> I'm going to get like little bits of like Semtex and stuff, and drop them on his feet, and he's going to be able to drop them like bombs. And then I have a drone too. I'm gonna get. I should probably get a drone. Ooh, yeah, you should. Yeah, that's a good drone. idea. Yeah, that's yeah. Mad Max made now would have drones. Actually, they did make one now, and they didn't have drones. So no, forget that point. I'm just gonna have no legs and cackle constantly. That's what I feel like my kind of character would be like a really. Like the, the the end of the road character, basically. Yeah, you, you strike yeah. me as like a you strike me as like a pole booth kind of guy. Like if you want to enter the the lake of acid, you must grease my palm with silver. And everyone's like, all right, Howard. Yeah, yeah. You're an administrator. Yeah, you're a, you're an apocalyptic Boring. administrator. You're guy. Admin. I'm sorry, mate. You do because it's a safe role. It's an NPC. It's, it's a non-playable character. It's the apocalypse. No, I want to do a good what, thing. You, what are you telling me? You want to be stripped to the waist, <laughs> biting, trading thumbs with people, biting people in the throat? Come on. Okay. You're going to have a necklace full of thumbs. You to a sacrifice, yeah, Howard, and you get virgin blood on your face, you're going to throw up. And we don't need that <laughs> in our apocalyptic regime. That's Fine. how you spread infection, Howard. Fine. I'll work for the fucking apocalypse civil service if you need me to. Fine. <laughs> Howard, you'll be right next to me in the new church of the of the Golden Dawn, okay? <laughs> Which I will control. 
<laughs> but I was telling Dane, Matt, Matt, just to bring you back to reality for one second, which is yeah. you're working, you're working on this big show, uh, and tell us what happened because you were, you were, you know, obviously it's hundreds of people on this production, right? And then it's yeah, well, like like any big TV show, yeah, there's hundreds of people, and you all have to go into essentially like a. Uh, like a big, you know, a studio every day and, and start filming these scenes that are, you know, so you've got these big actors. I mean, I, I'm, it's difficult because I'm not allowed to talk about any of it because it's all under non- Oh, of um, course, no details. But you're working on these But yeah, essentially we got, a, we got an email just saying, um, uh, yeah, there's been, you know, obviously coronavirus is, a, is an issue. We're going to have to stop production for the foreseeable. And that costs a fortune. Like that costs, you know, the, the production company and the studio just like, a lot of money to shut down production because they've purpose built their own studios. And this has happened from, I know they're shooting Batman at the moment in um, uh, the new Batman, they're shooting at Leavesden. And that's, um, and that's, I think that's shut down for the moment or like been like, you know, postponed to shoot it. They've, uh, the Witcher for Netflix has been postponed. Right. Oh, I, I didn't know um, the first season yet. That's fine. That gives me some time. Yeah. Don't worry, bro. You still got time. It's all good. You know, the, what are we going to do without our tertiary services in the, in a world where everyone has to be isolated and they're, and they're recounting on box sets to get them through what they're going to start saying, listening to Matt, fucking podcasts or something. I'm joking. I'm joking. I've done podcasts right. to Matt, a brilliant form of entertainment. Fine. Well, remember your comments in the post-apocalypse. How would make a note of that? Do some admin now. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, it's going to yes, be fine. It's going to be okay. What's going to happen is we're going to see a revival of human contact and interaction. That means I don't, there are a bunch of the old dudes. Right now. You're not allowed to contact each other or touch people. Oh, I know, but like in terms of like box sets and stuff, people are like, remember these? And I'm like, what the oh. fuck is this big chunk of plastic? Oh, yeah. This is called a cassette. <laughs> and on these, we used to tape an entire series of Sons and Daughters on Carlton. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Can I find that on YouTube? Bro, I'm way ahead of you. I've got the, I've got all of LOLO on a hard drive. I went there on a torrenting go. rampage, hashtag illegal, <laughs> uh, and I downloaded for no reason at all other than my hoarder mentality. But instead of hoarding useful fucking things like toilet paper, I was like, I'll get all of LOLO. And so if I ever need to see Von Klingerhofen or, or Helga with the big boobies, then not, not a problem, bruv. You come to me. Yeah. And if you want to see some old German channel, late 90s pornography, you come to me. <laughs> then it's rustic. <laughs> and it's rustic. Don't you worry, Matt. It's rustic. It's nostalgic. People love that shit. First, make, first masturbation, edition. Make masturbation great again. And <laughs> then, you know, your problem is, Dane, I don't have enough toilet paper. Once I start selling these masturbatory aids, they'll bring the paper to us, Matt. Bring in the... We don't need the toilet paper. We've discovered the... We've rediscovered the bum gun. Oh, yeah, I'd give myself cool. a butt wash. That's the best way. I mean, yeah. look... Are you, are you an advocate of the butt wash? Is that a, I honestly? A, I tried it once and a, it terrified me. Oh no, me. I'm, I'm a staunch, I'm a staunch advocate of the butt wash. Like, <laughs> if butt washing was like ideology, and then there was like centrist, and then left was yeah. like toilet paper, and right was like washing your butt with a butt wash, and then you're like, like high old dame. Yeah, I'm like the the Nigel Farage of washing your butt. <laughs> and that's how far right I am with how you should wash your butt because so that's it. there's a subreddit called brand new sentences and I think that that definitely qualifies as <laughs> no one's ever said the thing is butt. Matt if you type it in what it says is did you mean Nigel Farage uses his tongue to wash your butt so you've got to be very specific about that uh, yeah his, that tongue would be quite good as well because it looks like a, mm. it's like a it's like a big fleshy pillow it's like a yeah, big looks like, like a, a big, slug like a big frog like a tongue. big old felcher you're right Matt you're yeah. right That's I don't know if I'd let him down there if I'm honest though I don't know if I'd let him down there yeah you just right? don't know you what know? he's going to get up to 
and that tells you a lot, doesn't it? And you know what? Doesn't you know it? what? You know when you see him, do you know what he'll do, Matt. You know, I think we had we've we've previously had a conspiracy theory on here, but we feel <laughs> like the introduction of this virus may be the first stage in an alien attack. I can tell you, the first person that will be sucking on that nine tentacle super alien octopus mega dick will be Nigel Farage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he'll be squirming his way in there. Yeah. <laughs> How can I help my lord? Exactly. <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah. you can start by enjoying my tentacle clitoris. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a yeah, possibility. It's a distinct possibility. Clitoris. Yeah. What am I, gay? Yeah. Be like, <laughs> Turns out, yes, I am gay for eight. I am gay for your Nigel now. Yeah. Rinse my bottoms, all nine of them. But he'll do it while he's chuckling and uh, saying something colloquial with a hoarse voice and drinking a pint like a twat. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and agreeing to join the Federation of, of Starships as well. Obviously, he'll be happy to join that uh, union, I'm sure. Of course. Yeah, and then he'll start his own party to get us out of the Federation. Yeah, then he'll want to become a trade separatist. Where have we seen this before? I know where, Matt. Long, long ago in a galaxy far far away phantom menace mate there yeah let's make a film for kids all about trade separatism they'll love that exactly <laughs> trade began. and then all the other aliens will be like the thing about nigel is not perfect he betrayed his own species but he's the kind of guy you can have a pint with in the space bar a pint of our leader seaman cantina gobbling down alien dicks Exactly, that, and that sounds like that sounds like the kind of music that Nigel Farage would ask for as he undresses before he starts rimming aliens. <laughs> uh, I could hear how I could hear Howard's keep on trying to interject. With, well, it's just because I've got to move well, it on. I think we've I've sorted that out. On. I've got to move on to something else. I'm, you know, we've got to finish this show. No, mate, I think you've got another hour of this left. To be honest, <laughs> Matt, it's been a joy, hasn't it, Dane? Wasn't it good? Obviously, to, it was good to talk to Matt, wasn't it, Dane? It's been great, Matt, and uh, yeah. it's very encouraging to know that uh, Nottinghamshire uh, people are remaining to be resilient and they are yeah. holding on. Um, I don't like to use the slogan "keeping calm and carrying on" because I find it very propagandaish. But yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're they're keeping it cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, but, it's a know. flat county full of racists, so you know they, they're they're doing their thing. It's good. <laughs> Not everyone's racist. Remember that time Morgan Freeman was living there in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? That yeah. and Jamie Fox. <clears throat> in, the, in the later version who watched that one Matt I don't know but um, I was going to say Matt is one of the few people who do you know the thing about do you know the thing about his character in that film go on uh, no very very Moorish <laughs> that's very good yeah, that's that was, very good yeah, you can See, have Matt, that one and that's well, why one of your bloody comedy Matt, bloody that's why, uh, sketches. that's why you're the lieutenant of kink murder and, uh, and, and Howard does uh, admin and uh, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of admin uh, Matt is one of the people who could actually plug something that you could watch that he's made uh, when you're sitting at home during the apocalypse haven't you Matt Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. For anyone that's bored out of their tiny mind and got 90 minutes to piss up the wall, please go on to Netflix <laughs> and watch my documentary, Eddie Strongman, which is uh, about Eddie Hall, who was pr the world's strongest man in 2018, I think, or 2017. Yep. Uh, it's a riveting watch. It's it is genuinely a riveting watch. Uh, it really I've, seen the, I've seen the things. It looks good. And, uh, you know, it, for me, it's very humbling to see my predecessor, before I became the world, <laughs> before I became the world's strongest man in 2020. Yeah. And if you say my mum is a liar, this phone call is over, Matt Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's been real. Thanks for having me. Matt, we'll Thanks, speak to you man. again Cheers. during the apocalypse, mate. Take care of yourself. I look forward to it. Hugs and love. Take care, buddy. <laughs> Cheers, man. Peace. So there we go, Dane. That's our first episode ever of Question Everything, remotely recorded uh, with people from around the country trying to deal with the apocalypse. That's right. 
So what do we call it? What do we call it? Um, question everything after the apocalypse. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have to think of a name. Um, but but we must say thank you to all the people who've given their time today. You know, uh, Ishan Akbar, uh, Matt Bell, Marlon Davis and Rahul Kohli, who all, all, all gave time to speak to us. Hope it entertained you guys at home. We don't want to stop this podcast while this is going on. So we hope this has worked as a way to kind of keep it going. Exactly. And uh, yeah, while we're not laughing in the face of the issue, guys, uh, we're trying to do our bit as much as we can because we don't presume to be able to provide the same kind of services as those of the people that work in the civil service taking care of us at this time. But if we can provide you with some light relief, then you just ask us the question and we will provide the answer. And feel free to continue questioning everything. I think it's more important than ever that you are aware of your reality right now. And we'll keep the episodes coming. So thank you very much, everybody. And pick up yourself, Hizza. Yeah, nice one. Take care, everyone. Look after yourself. Thanks, you've been listening to dane baptiste questions everything hosted by dane baptiste for more from dane go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at dane baptweets the show is produced by me howard cohen you can follow me on twitter at the howard cohen thanks to polly and gelly hey if you like what you've been listening to please rate and review the show on apple podcasts or itunes Thanks for listening. And remember, question everything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.